0: So, an old favourite and regular Mr. Nigel, Nigel Baker, Baker is also in Munich. I mean, no Scrum Gathering is complete without Nigel Baker. Um, the main event? Yeah, he's, doing, he's doing one of the, the closing keynotes today, and uh, that's sure to be not to be missed. But
1: tell so us a bit about that. Tell us a little bit about what you're saying this yeah, afternoon. Now. So,
2: at the moment, we're recording this before the keynote goes out. So, <laughs> practice. so there practice. could be a good chance. He might change your mind. I might change his mind. It is about uncertainty <laughs> after all. Um, so yeah, I'm going to talk about dealing with uncertainty. Okay. So I did an hour-long workshop here that I've done a couple of times before on uncertainty in product development. Mm-hmm. So looking at product development from like content uncertainty, reason that content may change is because of requirement uncertainty. A reason we have requirement uncertainty is we have problem space uncertainty. Yeah. And the reason we have problem space uncertainty is like the inherent complex nature of product development, you know, the sort of Kinevin of thinking. Mm. So I talk about that. I then uh, touch upon how we have method uncertainty. So the first one was uncertainty in a what, mm. uncertainty in how we do it. Yeah. So, and that's not just we have different methods, there's not one scrum fits all, Mm -hmm. but also that uh, scrum is surprisingly highly flexible, Mm -hmm. and a lot of what people think is scrum isn't, like story points and velocity, etc, etc. So I'll talk about that. Then I'll quickly touch upon uncertainty in uh, uh, person, uncertainty in, in who, who. And uh, I, I quote you there, actually Jeff, in that original presentation, thank you for your help there, about how it's, we're not talking about like weak roles or combining jobs like, hey, I'm a Scrum Master and Product Owner okay. and Line Manager, mm-hmm. I'm your Agile Project Manager, mm. but actually about as a coach, you, you don't know everything. Yeah. In fact, as a coach, you, you can't know everything, and in fact, as a coach, you shouldn't know everything. Mm. Your job is to help other people come to their own answers, not just tell them what to do. I, most and we all talk about this. We've said it a hundred times. Most agile coaches aren't the agile consultants. Yep. Anyway. That's it. And
1: yeah. Anyway. We, yeah. We've mentioned this before, but people um, and this has come up during these three days we mm-hmm. were here. But people don't generally want to buy uncertainty. They don't. They don't want to. I'm not going to hire an agile coach no. for you to come in and say you don't have the do job. I want to yeah. hire you to, to do a consultant's job. Yeah. So
2: um, from that point then, so that's the first three minutes of the 15. Then I go into okay, that's great. So that we've done how what and, and, and who, uh, what about why, because so, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, uh, people struggle with uncertainty, it's painful, course it course it's, anxiety. it's yeah. literal anxiety, cortisol goes up, blood pressure goes up, it's an incredibly difficult experience, I read the Times, oh and there was an article in the Times uh, by Matthew Seed I think, talking about um, sportsmen and the pressure they're under with drug testing, The idea that drug testing could come at any moment, but more interestingly, at any moment in the past, Mm. because all their records are now kept, as new experiments are created to discover more about their drug crimes. So these people have this sword hanging above their head. Mm, And he mentions how there's this great uncertainty experiment about um, you get a group of people together for, I can't remember how long, a certain period of time. But you say, okay, at some point in the next hour, you may get an electric shock. Probably won't, but you may do. Or we can give you that electric shock now. Yeah, yeah. And common sense says you would rather not have a shock Mm -hmm. and have a shock, wait, but everyone takes a shock because they prefer the certainty of pain over the uncertainty that that Damocles' sword (laughs) hanging above their heads. And this is awful for us because it's why people crave certainty. It's why, uh, I won't mention this in the pitch because I don't want to be rude, but things like SAFE have become popular or even cut and paste scrum where people run experiments, do a pilot and then just copy that pilot across everyone else trying to reduce down the natural flexibility and uncertainty that we need in our work. Mm. So that's a bad way of dealing with it. How do we deal with it? Well, we deal with it through, uh, why? Uh, vision. Well, I don't mean vision in terms of product, though that's nice, helps us focus. I don't mean vision in terms of well, agile and scrum, though that's nice. You know, a bit of discipline can often help us um, have something to lock onto, some tools to hold onto in, hmm. a, in a swirling world of uncertainty. But what I'm going to mention in the session is a why in terms of a personal driver. Why are you doing this?
1: What, for what, me personally, yeah. rather than for the organisation, yeah, for me. for me as a human being, what's right. it for me?
2: Yeah. And that shouldn't be money, though for some of us it is, but money's not enough to do this in the long term. There needs to be some passion there. And there's, again, not necessarily a passion for the product or the process,
1: but a passion for the people. But it's, hu- it's human, humans. Human belief in, well, belief in human values. Yeah, yeah.
2: human belief in human values, that's you'll, exactly you'll it. You'll
1: know who this quote is, I'm sure. because
0: yeah. You've got much better sense yeah. men- memory, but it was something a man that has a clear
2: why can cope with almost any how mm-hmm. like that? I don't know who said it. it sounds but very but so, philosophical yeah. So in terms of that's like the main point I'm going to get to mm. in the keynote, by having a sense of passion, a sense of belief in people, you know, that would drive I mean, There are two other ways, mind you. So in some of the experiments I was reading about, they said some people handled uncertainty better than others. They were more acceptable of high uncertainty and risk, but they were generally gamblers. Okay. Right. And I'm not totally sure that's the kind of term we want to take, you know, risk it all on We don't want to be known as gamblers. Yeah. yeah. And the other one is um, surrender. So just accepting the inherent nature of complexity, Zen, Buddhism. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is fantastic. Yeah, it will know. be, will be. Yeah, it's, um, it, 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 it'll all be right in the end. Yeah. If it's not all right, it's not the end. Yeah. You know, so that's great, surrender, Zen. Um, again, that's, that's not the type of person I am. I want to be that person. But that's not who I am. So for me, it's passion. But it yeah. doesn't push change. It's a very, no. it's a very relaxed yeah. and calm yeah. and stressless yeah. state. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't push the boundaries. It yeah. doesn't create it, a new. Yeah, it's difficult. It's not a change agent. Yeah. So for me, it's that passion there. And so for me, it, that's why I think. Um, uh, so we did what, how, what, who, and why. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got two other things to cover. Why? Because this is a poem by Woodward Kipling. Um, I can't remember exactly. I've written it down, so when I do the presentation, I'm going to read it. But it's something like, "I have six serving men. They taught me all I knew. They are how, what, and where, when, and why, and who." And so the two I haven't covered are uh, when and when. Mm. So we could say when now where here. Mm. But it's easy to talk about this stuff at conferences. Mm. The when is well tomorrow. And the where is work. Yeah. But it's not even work. And the funny thing, the Scrum Alliance like transforming the world of work. That's not big enough. What you're doing, you're transforming the world of people. Mm. And you're not transforming the world of people. You're transforming the world of people, with people, for people. And that's really what we are trying to do as coaches. That's really the big pusher. And you that's probably, how yeah. I deal
1: with uncertainty, and that's how I want them to deal with uncertainty. And the thing is, you probably can't really predict when, when you're going to need to do that, and how, no. and how, how you need to no, do it no. certainly. Every time you
2: play the game of life, yeah. you play the game of Agile and Scrum and product development, you're going to have dozens and dozens of complex situations yeah. where there is no clear answer. Mm. Again, I can't remember, I, I won't mention this in the thing because I can't remember his name, but um, there's a famous quote that for every complex problem, there's a solution that is sim- simple, clear, and wrong. Mm. And too often, I think, some of us are looking to put certainty in some of our deliberately uncertain approaches to give a simple, clear wrong answer, yeah. but it's very assuring. And what we need to do is embrace that, that natural complexity with our passion, or with our zen, or with our gambling. I uh, to be a little bit it. of all
0: three of them. You need to be a yeah. little bit of a gambler, you yeah. need to be a little bit of yeah. zen. But you knowing the reason? right time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: When's yeah. There a good time to gamble? And, and, and the, finally, the last way I keep myself <laughs> sane in all this world is I eat room service, So well, I'm a little bit tubby. <laughs> 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 so there we go. And so that's what I'm going to try and cover, probably.
1: Cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the conference, guys? Uh, I've liked it. There's some really good people here.
2: Um, in terms of the trainers who have joined our trainer community, the standard of the people coming in has been quite high. Yep. I'm very happy about that. There've Been some really good people joining. Um, in terms of the uh, content of the sessions, they have seem interesting. Not so many uh, uh, introductory ones; more uh, advanced ones. We've got so advanced people. Yep. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the Monday mingle. I think um, we are a community first and foremost, and that evening out is fun, though I did lose
1: my voice four were We lost you for most of Tuesday, that's the second day of the conference. <laughs> yes. Due to voice related reasons, yes, Nigel. Yes, So, But people <laughs> enjoyed
2: me being quiet
1: because <laughs> so I
2: surrendered to it.
0: Yeah,
1: good for you. You've worked hard and you've partied hard. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us. Nice. Cheers. 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 Cheers.
0: See you later. Now, oh, our, next, our next guest is one of the co-chairs of the whole gathering, so one of the people responsible for putting on this huge event, uh, Surab
3: Salimi. you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I can do that. So what do you want to know? Who are you, what you do? What I do, um, I'm a, um, my official title is uh, Chief Innovation Officer at our company, which basically means that I'm in charge of everything new. And everything new um, ranges from the whole training and coaching division of our company, but also building new products. Um, I'm originally from Iran, and uh, after the sanctions were lifted, we believe there's a great opportunity for internet businesses to grow, and that's why we're building uh, LinkedIn customized for the Iranian market. Okay. And I'm a product owner on that. So, next to being a certified Scrum trainer, I spend like 30% of my time training, and the rest working as a product owner with my team. Cool.
0: Alright, so a lot, a lot of Agile stuff, a lot of product development. Yes. What's it, like, what's it been like organizing the, the gathering?
3: It was fun. Um, it, was, it was a lot of work. Um, it was interesting. It's been a f- my first time organizing a, an event of this size and um, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot of things, had a great time at the gathering, and now the energy level, level is uh, slowly going down, and <laughs> I feel pain everywhere. I had, really? too many, I had too many drinks. I'm not used to drinking that much, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but it's good. What was, the, what was the best thing? What was the most challenging thing? Uh, the opening. We thought about the opening a lot, and... Um, so talk us through the thought process that was... Yeah, the thought uh, process, and then we came up with the idea, entering the stage as two boxers, and. Uh, on the one hand t- side, I thought that's a great idea, on the other hand, I thought like, oh man, that's silly, And um, but it worked out perfectly, the crowd was super energised, oh, good. everybody gave us great feedback, And um, but at once that was done, I was like, <laughs> it was good. <laughs>
1: you relaxed a bit more. Yeah. So that.
3: for the benefit of those that weren't here, why, why did you come out as two boxers? The theme is business agility, and what we see at uh, many of our clients is the constant fight between... Business and IT mm-hmm. or business and yeah. development. Okay. Then and announce. we want, yeah, and we wanted to symbolize that. Okay, alright. Which one were you? I was business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean I'm I'm a, I'm a medical doctor by education, but then I went into strategy or management consulting, so and Bjorn is like a hardcore hacker. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty obvious that I should be business <laughs> yeah. and he should
0: be IT, yeah. And how did, how did the two boxes reconcile themselves? What do you mean by reference? Did they,
1: was it just a, a big fight? And no. no, 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 no. We didn't fight. We didn't actually throw punches. No,
3: no, no. I, wouldn't have uh, a chance. Bjorn has a, a third level um, karate oh, black belt oh, yeah. Chinese kung fu. Sorry, not karate. He picked so, the wrong. He yeah. picked the wrong opponent. And he's like twice my size. He's a big, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. <laughs> cool. That's good. How we, what, has it been everything
0: you hoped for the gathering? Is, yes. Been your highlights?
3: Yeah. Um, so the, for me personally, the the. the the opening, absolutely. I attended two sessions. One was an open space session about how to become a CST, where okay. I provided my own experience since I went through this process recently. Yeah. And attended the session by you guys. Okay. Where we, I was very much looking forward to that. I want to get more experience as a coach, learn more and more coaching techniques, and I got absolutely what I wanted. So, Excellent. NPS ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah. that was good. Thanks. Yeah. Good. That's
1: fine. Cool. Um, what else? What, what, what else?
3: Is Just anything surprised you? Um yeah so it was the first time that we had open space on day 2 yeah and Scrum Alliance staff was very skeptical about really? this i yeah. thought
1: that was a good idea right? i thought it was and,
3: good and um we had alan as a as a um open space facilitator yeah. and i was very surprised that even at the end for the wrap up we had close to 300 people yeah. it was amazing
1: so i think a lot of people tended to, if it was on day 3 they tend to drift away earlier yeah knowing that there's no real kind of concrete sessions it's yeah. just it's because and I think there's nothing wrong because also there's, there's a fairly big, so for anyone that hasn't been to the gathering before, there's a big social element on the Monday night usually. Yeah. So people, me included, normally have a little bit too much to drink sometimes and, and Tuesday morning is, is a lot harder to get out of bed for. So I think the fact that Tuesday was a much more relaxed day and it was uh, a bit more drift in drift out I thought that was a great idea and I think it then gives people a bit more energy to come back in on Wednesday and do some more focus sessions so I, th- I looked at the agenda and I thought that's a good decision yeah. I'm surprised that they thought there was a bit of uh, resistance to yeah. it and they're keeping
3: it. it Good. so in San Diego we're going to have open space on day two as well Yeah. Oh.
1: excellent that's a good idea and that, and that's, a, that's a win from me and how many people are here do we have final numbers in the
3: 650 close to 650 wow.
1: yeah. and as far as European gatherings is that, is that the biggest that's the biggest European gathering so far well, I think I think that deserves a little Awesome. Oh, cool, yeah. Well, on behalf
0: of all the people who've come, Absolutely. thank you very much for all your hard work in, in organising it. It's very good. It's yeah, really very 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 much. It. Well, I appreciate it. a real it. success. So, we, 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 we clink our glasses. Cheers. Cheers, sorry, I have. Nice one. So, this is a change from the normal. Long- this is a first. TaxiCast. TaxiCast. So the, the first ever taxi
4: cast. And we might find even... How well, well we find the Nourish pub at the Munich Hub? <laughs> how good would that be? Yeah. No, I think that... The, I mean, I've, I've been very, very busy because um, of all the 47 volunteers who kind of, you know, listed up to help at the coach clinic, they were up maybe 10, 15, who consistently Delivered or were present during the day. Most of the other just came, you know, around and did a couple of sessions and then went away
0: So, for the benefit of our listeners, this is Andrea Tomasini Agile 42, Agile Coach, Agile Trainer, and uh, one of the best guys in the world. <laughs> <laughs> we need to introduce uh, <laughs> Marin as well. She can't stay <laughs> she quiet. She's never. She gonna <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, then uh, they're not talking anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Andrea's been running the uh, the coaches clinic at the Scrum Gathering.
1: Actually,
4: yeah. this year, for the first time, a new format, Yeah. Okay. which got extremely good feedback. Tell and, us about that. And uh, well, The idea of the new format was, if you remember, in 2009, when we launched the coach clinic, was to promote the CSC program at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Actually, you we were both there in Munich, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, if you remember, basically, we were 19 CEC C- C at the time. Right. And uh, so it was quite small, the community. But the idea was, let's see how much interest for coaching is out there. So it was more kind of an explorative thing. And now, um, after seven years, I think, uh, I-, I bet that we would have enough CEC and C- CTC C, uh, really to demonstrate was the difference between an agile coach and. Uh, instead someone like a CTC or a CC, which uh, rigorously went through a kind of you know, learning journey and uh, receive mentoring and stuff like that, and possibly even have uh, a systemic coaching accreditation. And um, the goal was uh, both on one side to demonstrate the difference, which is between these guys and others, but at the same time, I had the idea to pair coach and include the uh, CSP mm. to pair with CTC and CEC. I with think the, that was a really good idea. Yeah, with the idea of actually maybe pitching them to go, you know, further in mm. their in their development uh, path and maybe uh, apply for CTC or CEC and also establish a bit of network already with uh, other CEC and CST eventually, even if they want to become CST. So I think it was more balanced value for both parties rather than just you know giving away uh, coaching for free and making. Client it was also a lot of value for the people per coaching i mm-hmm. mean everybody had really a lot of fun and uh, learn from each other mm-hmm. and then we also had this five minute first of all there's a lot where a big bigger so 25 minutes instead of 15 yeah and also in the end we had five minute reflection and retrospective which kind of helped the uh, maybe understanding better we are in the line, what, what the coaching conversation was about, what structure did you follow, and so on. And I think even many CST actually learned a lot many more people, about coaching. Many, many, many people they, came
3: down and said it was really amazing. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah.
4: More, more than they thought they knew already. Yeah. So many CST are, are coaching naturally, instinctively, and so they, without having a structure in the end. And they tend to talk quite a lot and tell, rather than asking mm. questions. And it was quite interesting how, how many people really started taking note about the coaching structure and how you can actually deliver a good conversation. Cool. And I think it was a great outcome. And a lot, surprisingly, uh, quite many people came back for a second session. So they really enjoyed the first one and they want more uh, coaching. And what I was surprised this year compared to others is <coughs> the feedback was actually related to the coaching. So it was not, it was great, thank you, but it was more thanks for, you know, making me think about my journey and, you know, challenging me and helping me unlock and find out what I already knew, but I wasn't sure about. So there was a lot of feedback, which was really coaching related,
1: not just. So for the benefit of maybe someone who hasn't been to a gathering before, the coach's clinic is the idea that anyone can sign up to basically have have some time Is it a time slot, Uh, is it a specified time with a coach?
4: Yes, it's an opportunity, there is a schedule up. This year we had uh, five tables in parallel, means Mm -hmm. five sessions in parallel, and every half an hour basically everybody could come up and place uh, a small description with a topic they would like to talk about or some kind of help they need with their name and that pair of coaches would actually basically pull this request and invite the people uh, to this standing table that we had and uh, basically guided the, the, the person through
1: the coaching conversation. Good. So but people were commenting on the, 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 the feedback was on the coaching rather than the advice as such.
4: Uh, right, so uh, which give, makes me think that more and more people started appreciating the power of uh, owning their own solution and coming mm. to, to you know understanding on their own rather than being told. Well, this uh, is something
0: you told me, Jeff. Something you, well, one of the sessions asked. that I did yesterday was a, a lady who said when she was introducing herself twice she said I would like some advice and so I said I explained that in coaching that's not what I'm going to do I'm not Mm -hmm. going to provide advice my hope is that through this conversation you'll be able to better understand your problem your challenge and find something that will help you from your own Mm -hmm. knowledge and she said okay (laughs) but at at the end she said that's What kind of Jedi mind tricks did you do there? Because (laughs) you didn't tell me anything and I came up with a really good idea. Mm
3: -hmm. What what I heard is that most of the people appreciated that they, on one side, they were coaching somebody But they got also feedback on their coaching. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's a it's a double-sided learning. Yeah, it's is not it, only but you didn't about.
1: A, you didn't advertise it. It's almost like a coaching for coaching clinic, isn't it? It's a coach coaches for coaches clinic. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. so it's, it's both sides
4: now. So if this format works from now on, because there should be enough CTC and CEC right, yeah. around at every gathering. Now we are about one hundred uh, now worldwide. So the hope is that if this format holds, is actually um, working a kind as a kind of um, boot up for coaches or wannabe mm. coaches, which can learn very quickly or practice even with a bit of mentorship.
0: Mm. Oh, I, so. did, I, I had somebody at a CSP who asked if they could pair with me to observe yeah, coaching and, and, yeah. and learn. So, and that was, that was quite cool.
4: Yeah. I think, I think there is more interest even in people, or, or people start to discern more or better uh, what's the difference between um, knowing about agile mm. stuff versus helping people really reflect and and, and find out by themselves what uh, what what how to solve problem and how to tackle situation because really many time people already have the solution or made themselves already uh, kind of ideas on how to solve problems it's just they are too unsure or incapable of connecting all the dots and come out with a with a mm-hmm. final solution so i really think that uh, in this case in this example we probably demonstrated more how a systemic coaching conversation would look like rather than uh, you know telling story even if there were still some feedback or some people who really spend more time talking about uh, how to scale and how to do things rather than having people refer but there was a large majority of people impressed by the mind
1: uh, jetty mind tricks uh,
4: <laughs> that jeff was talking
1: about but before. i suppose that's part of the beauty of that is that because you're at a conference because you you are going to meet a coach who doesn't know your circumstances yeah they they've got an agile you know that they're going to be well versed in agile but yeah. they can give you a bit more of a neutral perspective on on your situation well, yeah, that's
4: part of the game. Also, on the other side, considering only twenty-five minutes, you don't really have much that's time long, no. to create the context, anyways. Uh, one thing which surprised many CSPs—they uh, were thinking that we always have the solution. Like you know, whatever comes, you have the standard answer to mm. give, mm. and uh, and it's incredible how they realize what the difference when they switched from observer to leader in the conversation and they got stuck many times so they didn't know what to ask anymore and they were looking at at me sometimes like saying okay should i take over (laughs) you know and and i said well it's really difficult to pair coach especially unless you really know each other well and yeah. you are able to guess which strategy one person is following so oh, you can okay. integrate you know and yeah. making uh, clarifying questions As I said what I do I mean I don't know I don't need to know which strategy you follow I just make confirmation question a little bit of active listening and you know s- reflecting back and giving people the time to uh, to basically realize what has been told or what they just said which sometimes is necessary and also sometimes just make a silence break which makes (laughs) people who are in experience very very uncomfortable Mm. because they are looking like oh should I ask a question now and you just you know Jedi mind trick you stay there you look in the eyes and you let people really reflect and understand so it was quite uh, interesting for to see how people really appreciated the difference
0: the one of the sessions that I paired with um, the CSP wanted to see what had been written on the post he wanted to know what yeah. the topic was in advance, yeah, and uh, he said, because I want to know if I know anything about it
4: yeah.
0: and I, I would the opposite, I would rather not know yeah. what the topic is um, what,
4: what do you, what's your view Well, I, I sent a Twitter out yesterday, and I said that one of the most difficult things as a coach is to pretend you don't know anything about the context <laughs> and, and try to learn by making discovery and exploratory questions so mm. I absolutely didn't even know what the people were looking for until we started the conversation. Do you
1: asked people to write down a subject on those, those, t- those I did because many people were actually
4: uncomfortable so many people really? thought they needed to know about
1: the topic oh. to be able to coach. Well, the
4: coaches did, they felt uncomfortable? I don't know yeah. I mean some of the CSPs for sure, the CSTs look like i would like to oh i'd like to talk yeah, about the because you, know, you about know about it exactly. yeah. yeah and it's like well then probably i can have not it I I can have a, yeah
1: i can try and have an input on that yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah which isn't what you want
4: so no for me it didn't make any difference but i've seen a lot of people where like the, the biggest problem i've seen is the CSPs in particular people with less experience ended the dump, falling in love with the, pro- with the problem that was presented really? and yeah. tried
1: to solve the problem yeah. instead of helping the person solve the problem. That, but then that you're becoming a, this, a consultant, this is the idea that you're not there, you've got to let go of the idea that you're not there to give the answer. Yeah. The,
4: right, I mean a little bit uh, the feeling is what, well, I need to know, I need to understand more so that I can tell you the solution rather than what, what question can you ask that yeah. will have this person. And other, another uh, dysfunction that, that came out, and you see the difference between experienced and unexperienced people, is that uh, based on the first answer of, 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 of a client in a way, they are starting making up in their mind what could be the solution. So they're already thinking what can I do in order to solve the problem and try to steer the client yeah. with questions to validate the assumption they already basically having in their mind. And, yeah. and funnily enough, most of the time, it's nothing to do. So we started uh, an example. There was a, a, a guy uh, who started saying, well, I'm here because I'm a very experienced consultant. I've been uh, coaching on technical practices for years, and now they ask me to do the Scrum Master role. And I'm very uncomfortable staying in front of a whole team because I never did that before. Mm. And now I have three teams. So I have to you know, deal with this guy, suggest them something. And it turned out through the conversation that I mean, the CSP was with, with me and was leading the conversation, I said, go ahead, and he started asking about the product, the technology, yeah. and, and how many teams, and is the product owner there, so after 12-15 minutes, he didn't know what to ask anymore, and the guy was still there waiting for, <laughs>
1: okay, what's, what's happening now, so. But does that help you build rapport with it, between, if you can, you can talk the same language. Yeah. So does it, you've got to have a little bit, maybe a little bit of knowledge, but not, not too much
4: well yeah you need you need definitely to understand the uh, probably is more uh, the recording pattern or the influence that the culture can have on certain behavior so you need to be more of a kind of a man uh, behavioral reader than, than not understanding how agile really works mm. so in this
3: case he didn't even recognize what question the guy has no
4: exactly i mean that
3: he just didn't he yeah, just but, had his own that, agenda to yeah do, but, but
4: that's the thing as many people or for example another girl came and a guy actually wants to apply for CEC since summer, he started a conversation, this person said, well, I am a line manager, but I'm really looking to have some ideas or advice on how can I actually coach my product owner teams, because even if I am the boss, I don't want to manage them, I want them to grow, I want them to learn. And so, and this guy basically steered the whole coaching conversation, in a direction which was making her feel guilty because she has to understand that she's uh, hierarchically in a position where she will never be able to be a peer to the others. Mm. And I said, well, how can you make all these assumptions? If she wants to and she's able to establish a trust relationship, why do do you take that away? Mm. Because I I know this is not the real problem. She
1: just doesn't see the real problem. But I'm sure there's some people that come to those coaching clinic sessions with what they want. I want someone knowledgeable someone with to give me some to tell me what to do. Give, yeah, I, I don't know what to do Help me. It's, it's, a, it's a cry for help. Tell me what to do. What would you do? Tell me what I should do. Yeah There's plenty of those and in fact, I mean, I, what
4: what I normally do in the first three to five minutes I try to understand the context of the conversation then I come to a contract So we need to agree. What is it that you expect out of this 25 okay. minute together? Okay, and if the, the answer is I need advice Okay I say, okay. let's assume you're going to need advice, but let's first explore a little bit deeper what the situation is. And then if, after challenging and posing questions, the person is still looking for advice, then you can provide advice. I don't think there is anything against that. That's also the difference between agile coaching and systemic coaching. So we have our own agenda. We have principle, we have values, we need to honor, and we also have experience, and many people want well, to, to, want, to leverage experience. this yeah, experience, yeah. Yeah. right? The only thing is, the risk is what the person asks and what, what they seem to want is not often what they need. And so you no, still need not. to coach them, in a direction, for example, why do you need advice? Why do you need more tools? Why do you want to learn more innovation game? Which problem are you trying to solve? Mm. And just by making them think about it, they realize they actually don't need advice, or they need advice on something entirely different from what they thought they needed advice. And so this is still coaching, in my opinion, at least from from an an agile perspective, even if it's not pure uh, systemic coaching, but this is where we need to be able to keep the balance between the two. So refraining from giving, you know, quick uh, right away answer, you should do this or that, but at least exploring, probing, uh, and validating all the assumptions which are behind it. And then of course, I always, when it comes to giving advice, I rather put options on the table and let them, and choose. Le- and let yeah. them choose. So I yeah. don't want to own that decision anyway. So yeah.
0: they, I always give options. They don't necessarily, in my opinion, they don't usually need advice. They need a values-based decision-making framework. They need to know how they want to make decisions to, to, to align with their values.
1: Yeah. And once they know what their values are and which options Better align with those, then yeah. they've got their own advice. Because maybe they already know what decision they want to take, but they almost want to validate just to validate. Yeah, well, is it does this sound right to you, yeah, yeah. Which is a confidence thing. Yeah, yeah
4: that, that's that's more of a typical coaching validation? conversation yeah. because you're seeking you're you're seeking someone who helps you, uh, you know, increase the confidence you have in your ideas. Mm-hmm. On the other side, though, there are really people who are seeking. I mean really on a technical level, even to understand how can we do community of practice. So they, they realize community of practice is the right thing to do, I heard it all the time, but I heard people who are doing it that it doesn't work, so can you give me some advice on how can I launch it and set it up? Yeah. And many people say, well, I go to the manager, I ask them the time, and then I decide there's going to be a community of practice on product management, and then I facilitate it and say, great, how do the people feel that they throw into that and, and they need to participate? And so another guy, I asked him to say, how do you know which community of practice you want to launch? So if you understand, it's a volunteer act of exploration, of sharing of experience. Why don't start with an open space and let people self-organize and kick off topics they want to follow up. And then give them a chance, hey guys, you know what, starting this week, every second week you will have four hour time, every Friday afternoon, every second Friday to actually go deeper in this topic until you are all happy and you learned, you shared Mm. and you return back to your team and you can be more effective and more productive. And in this way you can do regular open spaces to launch new community of practice so you let them emerge rather than deciding, you know, product management sucks, let's make a community of practice for product management and throw all the product owner in there and then let's see what happens. So it's still many people have the right intuition. They have the right ideas on how to solve the problem but they are totally incapable of making the team in front of you or the people in front of you owning Mm. the problem and then owning the solution as well. So what they fail to do is to actually make them pull that knowledge or make them pull uh, the solution in a way so that they can actually um, uh, own it and then evolve it over time because Many people came, yeah, we did that already, we tried that already, we tried that already. But as soon as they stopped pushing, then everything just, you know, fell fell apart.
0: So how many CSPs do you think got involved in the pair coaching? Well,
4: considering we did, uh, in the end, 119 sessions. Wow. And most of them were pairing, even if I've seen there were a couple in in the overloaded time where there was only one person doing it. Um, I think I mean it's fair to assume that uh, probably there were maybe twenty, if not twenty-five CSPs, which uh, which basically so went through at least uh, five or six sessions yeah. of That's learning. So it was
0: a great show. learning experience for them. But I saw you were capturing feedback from the the coaches, the clients. Yeah. But did you get any captured any thought, explicit feedback from the CSPs about their development? Uh,
4: not really, I mean most of the feedback that the client posted were sometimes referring to both people, yeah. actually most of the time, and thanks here and there. Uh, but no, the, the CSP only verbally gave yeah. feedback, so they're really th- thankful that they understand how to do a coaching conversation better, and uh, especially also some technique on, on, on deciding for example when to challenge or when not, when to ask questions and when to amplify or you know, wait for silence. and. Stuff like that, so also using some tricks to understand how to do uh, when, when it's time to advise or when it's time to challenge or question. So there were a lot of interesting observation coming up, and I've seen them taking a lot of notes throughout uh, cool. the interview. So I think it was
1: a good session for them. Nice one. We're good job. At, almost at the, airport we're almost at the airport. Our gathering is almost over, Jack. This is it. This is the final.
4: It's the final destination. I,
0: oh, no! <laughs> I, know, I know you did get a little bit of gratitude and, and, and appreciation on Twitter for organizing it. Cheers, but a lot yeah. of effort went into that, so on behalf of everybody else, thanks for your, for your efforts mm-hmm. in organizing that.
1: Well, hopefully we'll see a few Cheers. More Let's see if on. the farmer gets standardized. I think will be there the next... Uh, maybe this might encourage some people to come to the next gatherings purely just to get some coaching. Yeah. Some coaching, yeah.